Hello and welcome to another teaching from 119 Ministries. Our ministry believes that the whole Bible is true and directly related to our lives today. If you would like to know more about what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. If you enjoy this video, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel by hitting the button down below. We hope you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. Quite often, Christians who have come to believe that God's law is for today are told, we preach the law, but don't really follow it. We're accused of just picking and choosing which parts of the law we want to follow. Then, regarding those parts we supposedly don't want to follow, well, it's said that we give the convenient excuse, those are done away with. However, nothing could be further from the truth. In one particular instance, someone actually accused us of playing eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Many have said things like, if you're following the law, why don't you stone people for sinning? And our favorite, if you're following the law, why aren't you making sacrifices? Our initial response is simply to ask them, did God do away with his law when the southern kingdom was banished to Babylon? Immediately they respond with, no. We then ask, were they allowed to follow their own laws for punishment while in bondage in Babylon? Typically, there is no response to this. The answer is no. They were under Babylonian rule. They no longer had autonomy as a self-governing body under God. Yet God's law told them specifically what to do. So were they picking and choosing, or was their full obedience prevented by their circumstances? We then ask, were they able to do sacrifices to God while in Babylon when there was no tabernacle or temple? Again, no response. The answer is no. The detailed protocol for sacrifices found in the law of God required the Levitical priests and a functioning temple in Jerusalem. They were no longer in Jerusalem. Thus, they were unable to do the sacrifices as prescribed by the law. So were they picking and choosing regarding sacrifices, or was their full obedience prevented by their circumstances? Their full obedience was prevented by their circumstances. We can't forget that the law brings blessings if it is obeyed. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 through 28. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of Yahweh your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of Yahweh your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. Thus, obeying the law brings blessings in your life. At the time of the Babylonian exile, the southern kingdom of Israel was in rebellion. Thus, the punishment given to them consisted of not allowing them to continue in that which would bring them blessings. Did many of the Jews repent during the exile? Of course. Were they immediately allowed back in? No. Did they at least obey all that they could while banished from the temple and Jerusalem? Yes, of course. But due to being in exile, 
they were unable to participate in all that was designed to bring them blessings. If they had tried to offer sacrifices to God where it was not ordained for them to do so, would God have accepted their sacrifices? No, for they would have been offered in disobedience. Yahweh stated that the sacrifices were to be offered only in the place where He chose, which of course is intended to be the temple in Jerusalem. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. Take care that you do not offer your burnt offerings at any place that you see, but at the place that Yahweh will choose in one of your tribes. There you shall offer your burnt offerings, and there you shall do all that I am commanding you. The same goes for us today. We are only able or permitted to follow certain elements of the law today because of our circumstances. If someone performed a sacrifice to God today, like in the backyard, they would not be obeying the law. The reality is that they would be disobeying it. It wouldn't be in Jerusalem, and it wouldn't be done by a priest. This is why we can't do sacrifices today. Any attempt to do so would actually be disobedience, not obedience. If one would stone someone today, they would not be obeying the law. They would be disobeying it. Only when the Torah is truly the law of the land can this be followed. This is why we see that Jesus, his Hebrew name being Yeshua, could not be crucified without the permission of Rome. Torah was not the law of the land. Only when the Torah is the true law of the land can this be done. So, this is not a matter of picking and choosing what laws one wants to follow. It's about pursuing all that we can in an effort to be wholly obedient to what we are able to follow in that which was written. Some even suggest that Christ did not follow all that He could in His circumstance. Little do they know that they are then claiming He broke the law. Breaking the law of God is the definition of sin, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Thus, their theology does away with Christ being our spotless lamb. Many will use the story from John chapter 8 to say that our Messiah abolished the law of God. This is when the Pharisees brought the woman caught in adultery and threw her before Yeshua. They say that since He didn't follow the law in stoning her, that He was actually abolishing the Torah's capital punishment laws. However, let's look at the passage in context. John chapter 8, verses 2 through 6. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Yeshua bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. A significant detail in verse 6 is often overlooked. Oh, everyone remembers the part about him bending down and writing on the ground, but it seems that everyone forgets the first part of that verse. John chapter 8, verse 6. This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. It must be understood that the law requires both of the individuals who commit adultery to be stoned, not just the woman. 
Their trap was to get him to declare that she should be stoned, when in reality, the man was needed for this to be done. Let's look at what the law, or Torah, actually says. Leviticus 20, verse 10. If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Not only was Yeshua not falling for their trap, he turned it back on them by telling them to cast the first stone. How is this turning it back on them, you might ask? Consider what the Torah says where capital punishment is involved. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. On the evidence of two witnesses, or of three witnesses, the one who is to die shall be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. The hand of the witnesses shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterward the hand of all the people. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. Where were the two witnesses? These people were to be the first to cast the stones. If they were there, they knew that they would have to have the man there to stone as well. Otherwise, it would be them sinning and not Yeshua. Remember, they were trying to trap him. They wanted him to break the law so that they could have a reason to accuse him. Yet he stayed faithful to the word of God. He was consistent with the law of Moses, the Torah. And remember, they couldn't stone anyone anyway without Rome's consent and enforcement. However, today, many say that Yeshua did, in fact, break the law by not stoning her. Little do they realize that their interpretation of this passage actually gratifies the Pharisees' desires. They're making him to be a lawbreaker. Their interpretation makes our Messiah sin. But was Yeshua breaking the law by not stoning her or obeying it? As it turns out, he was not breaking the law, but obeying it. Sometimes we get accused on topics that the inquirer knows very little about. Do you travel more than a Sabbath day journey on the Sabbath? We then ask them to show us where it says this in the law. It's not there. Please see our teaching the Sabbath day for more on that topic. Some have also said, why do you cut the hair on both sides of your head? The law says we're not supposed to do that. Then they quote Leviticus chapter 19, verse 27. You shall not round off the hair on your temples or mar the edges of your beard. What they fail to realize is that this verse needs to be read in conjunction with the following verse, which says, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28, You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am Yahweh. These were all practices that pagan nations practiced in remembrance of their dead. Let's read a little further down. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 23. And you shall not walk in the customs of the nation that I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I detested them. Also consider how the following verse in Deuteronomy to unite these verses in Leviticus. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 1. You are the sons of Yahweh your God. You shall not cut yourselves or make any baldness on your foreheads for the dead. The context is specific to cutting or pulling out your hair for the dead. Context is truly everything. So please understand that believers who pursue Torah observance to the 
best of their ability are not playing eeny, meeny, miny, mo. We are simply trying to obey God's eternal word the best that we can, just like those Jews who were faithful to God while in Babylon. We pursue all that we can until Yeshua returns and enables all to follow in perfect obedience once again. Micah chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of Yahweh shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and peoples shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of Yahweh, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of Yahweh from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and shall decide disputes for strong nations far away, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. We pray that you seriously consider the words in this teaching, and remember, that God's word is eternal. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 7 through 8. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of Yahweh blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. We hope that this teaching has blessed you. And remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.